People like us do things like this. If you know anything about marketing and you've been reading widely in that area, which I have done a bit of, there's a a guy named Seth Godin who's very famous in the world of marketing, um, and, and he talks about it like that. People like us do things like this. What does that mean? That means really good-looking guys who look like Matthew McConaughey drive a certain kind of car. Am I right? You're thinking about the commercial where he goes up to the pool table and hits the ball and it goes around and comes back and then he gets in the car and he pushes a button so that it controls things, aren't you? No, you don't watch enough TV. Yes, Matthew McConaughey, my wife is shaking her head. If you want to look a certain way or be associated with certain people, then you will eat the foods that they eat, you will, you will work out the way that they work out, you will shop at the places they shop. People like us do things like this. Right? So we often are wanting to live into our aspirational selves. Now, in, in some marketing, it's, in some ways, it's trying to manipulate our desires to be more beautiful, more perfect, more famous. In the best sense of marketing, as Seth Godin will talk about it, it's really about trying to get people to, to in a sense, shift their behavior. Because it's not just advertisers who are trying to sell you a product, something for you to, to buy and to use in your home or something that, that they're trying to get after. It's also people who are in the nonprofit world, right? People like us do things like this. If you want to, if you want to feel like a person who's making a difference, then you will give to our cause because here's what we do. And here's how we do it. One of the ways, and I'll just be, here's full disclosure how the sausage is made. One of the reasons why I tell you oftentimes after the offering or during the offering what that, what, what your generosity does is because then it connects for it in you, the act of giving your generosity with what's actually happening. Because then you go, yeah, that's what I want to have happen. I want us, I want my gifts to be going to something that is actually influencing the world. So we're telling a true story, but we're just making sure that it connects with you because people like us do things like this. So now, as we read through this, that scripture, right, if you're someone who's reading the scripture and saying, well, gee, this is Jesus is is telling us what we're supposed to be doing. People like us do things like this. Then this feels like very much like a prescription. I say to you that, listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. How many of us have been doing that this week? I mean, because usually, usually what we do is we curse those who curse us. We wish for nasty things to happen to people who hurt us. And in the ancient world, that's the way it was. 
Back before eye for an eye, before eye for an eye, if you did something to me, if you hurt me, then I, I might just go destroy your whole family because I could get retribution. That, that was perfectly legal and, and within the realm of things. If you did something to me, I could exact whatever revenge I wanted to. And eye for an eye was actually a step forward because it basically said there's only so much you can take. There's only so much you can take. And in some ways, if you think about our legal system, it tries to get at that, right? What kind of damage was done to you? How, can we, how do we repay you for that damage? How do we make it equitable? Doesn't always work out perfectly, of course. It's an imperfect system because it's a human system. But an eye for an eye was, was, a, was, a, was a step forward. But now Jesus is saying, love your enemies... Do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. Wow. People like us do things like this. Makes you ask the question, well, do I want to be a person like that? I mean, being a Christian is not not an easy thing. It is, it is not just, you know, living your best life now, as is often popular. It is not, it is not doing things because it feels good and, 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 it just, and, every, and everything happens is, is rose petals and wonder in your life from the moment you start serving Jesus. I mean, Jesus' way is a way of sacrifice. Jesus' way is a way of love, and I mean the most difficult kind of love. Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Now, what I want to say very clearly is Jesus here is not condoning suffering in an abusive relationship or in an abusive situation. Jesus is not saying when he goes to turn the other cheek, he's not saying if you're in a situation where you are being abused that you're supposed to just stay in that and pray for the person and hope it turns out all right. So let's get clear on that, and if, any, if you ever hear any preacher or anybody sort of go down that direction, get, at, get up and walk out. Because Jesus, Jesus would not want anyone, any one of God's children, to be in a situation where they are being abused. Praying for your abuser is one thing. Staying in abuse is another. Okay, so let's, I want to make that very clear. I want to make that very clear. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. From anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you, and if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. So a lot of us get very freaked out by this, as we should, because what's happening is oftentimes we're reading it without any context whatsoever. We're just reading this as Jesus is saying, people like us do things like this, and so if, if because you and I both know, if I gave to everybody who begged from me, um, next week, I'd be the one on the street, right? I mean, because that's just, it's just, it just happens. Like, if I, gave, if I gave to every solicitation that came through my email on the street, uh, any of that, I mean, pretty soon I wouldn't have a life to live. I'd be, I'd be the one who's, who's out on the street. So, that, so, I don't, so I don't think that it applies in, in, in that particular way. What Really what Jesus is, is doing here is he's, he's trying to break the usual kinds of relationships and things that happened in his time. He's trying to flip them on their head. Because 
in the next paragraph, we'll talk about this a little bit, but in, in, in ancient times, you, if, if you gave to somebody, you expected that to come back in return. It was very much a quid pro quo kind of system. Anybody have any friends like this? Like you invite them over to dinner, you know, and it's wonderful and you have a great time, but then there's all this, they feel all this pressure to return the favor. Oh, we've got to have you over because you had us. We've got to have you over because you had us, you know, that sort of thing. I mean, it's sort of, it's sort of cool. Like, oh, okay, that's cool. We sort of do that. But, but when it becomes like this, this heightened expectation, you know, we, we, Jennifer and I have had friends like that over the years and we just said, listen, there, there's no, there's no expectation of some tit for tat. We're not keeping score. We're friends. You know, we're not, we're not going to do that, that sort of thing. But in the ancient world, that's how you gained favor with people. If you could take some of what you had and you could sort of lavish it on someone, then that's how you were gaining favor with them. And it was expected that they would lavish back on you. It was a very, very interesting sort of system. In, in business today, you'll hear it a lot about how, well, if you're supposed to, you know, you just, you, you give and you give and you give and you give and you give. And there's this expectation then that it's all going to come back, right? That it's all going to come back. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't, that you shouldn't give, that you shouldn't care for others, that you shouldn't be generous. But if, if it's always with the expectation that it's quid pro quo, maybe that works in business, but that's not really what people like us who do things like this, who are Christians do. That is not... That is not necessarily our, our, our way. But then at the end of this, what do we have? Do to others. Do to others as you would have them do unto you. Now, what we think is that Jesus was one of the first teachers in history to put this in the positive. Almost all of the others that we can find put it in the negative. Do not do to others what you do not want done to you which is sort of a reactive stance, right? It's sort, of a, it's sort of a stepping away sort of stance. But do unto others what you want to have done unto you. That's a different thing. That's a moving forward sort of way. That's, a, that's, a, that's an active way of doing things, that, you're, that, you're, that you're, you're doing to others, you're caring for others in a way that you, how you would want to be cared for. So in a sense, putting out in the world what you'd like the world to be like. If you love those who love, love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. If you lend to those to whom you hope to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love your enemies, do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. John Calvin wrote about this, who's our theological forefather, John Calvin. He, he wrote a lot about this because in the Reformation times, there was a lot of talk about lending money for interest and whether that could be a Christian practice or not. And his argument was, was that, that it could be a Christian practice, even though this, this says, you know, don't do that. But, but understand that Jesus is trying to take things and take it out of the realm of just that everything is tit for tat. If you're gonna, if you're gonna, if you're gonna give money to somebody, if you're gonna lend money to somebody who needs it, basically he's saying, if you're gonna do that, don't expect anything in return. 
So I think about this in families all the time or among friends. I don't know if you've ever had a friend's like, dude, I need, I need 500 bucks. I got, I got this thing or it's this family thing where I need 500 bucks. And, and so you're like, okay, yeah, I can give you 500 bucks. And you're fully expected. And, and, and of course your friend says, well, I'll pay you back. And of course, not of course, but this particular friend, all of a sudden it's months, now it's years and has not paid you back, and you're still thinking about it. And now, now, the, now the relationship isn't going so well, right? Like in those cases, and sometimes I want, you know, I want to say, don't worry about it. I'm giving this to you because I want to give it to you. I'm not expecting that this is a loan and that you're going to give it back to me. Give it back to me, fine, whatever. There are places for that, and our generosity... He's trying to break this cycle, Jesus is, of this quid pro quo all the time. And so he goes on to say, but love your enemies, do good, and lend, expecting nothing in return. Your reward will be great, you will be children of the Most High. And there's this interesting phrase, for he is kind to the ungrateful and to the wicked. Well, I think what Jesus is saying here is that, that Jesus... And God, well, actually Jesus is saying but that God, God has this kind of way of being. That God's grace is not quid pro quo. God's love is not quid pro quo. It is not, if you love me, then I'll love you. And I think we forget that. Because we live in a world where so much of our lives is quid pro quo. It is, if you do this for me, then, then I'll do this for you. If you do this for me, then I'll pay you. Right? Which seems appropriate in the economic system. But it's not how the theological, it's not how God operates in our lives. God is a generous God, even when we mess up, even when we are sinners, God still loves us. Even when we are people who don't do the things that people like us are supposed to do, God is still right in the midst of our lives, gracing us and loving us and caring for us and being so generous to us that we just, we don't even realize how much we are receiving from day to day to day because we get so stuck in our own thing. Then he goes on to say, be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Most people take this as, well, we're not, I'm, not, I'm not supposed to judge, and so every time I, every time I judge, then I feel, I feel horrible, I feel, feel whatever. And, and, and really, I believe what Jesus is doing here is saying, leave the judging up to God. God ultimately is, is the judge over all, and, and God, God will do what God is going to do. The interesting thing is that in Genesis, in the story about the fruit and the apple and what is called the fall, where, where you know, it's a longer story, of course, Adam and Eve, what do we get out of that story? We get judgment because it said, I'm going to give you knowledge of good and evil. I'm going to give you knowledge of good and evil. Well, what does that mean on a daily basis? Um, how many of you get up in the morning and you go and you look in the mirror and you go, nice hair. 
That's, that's judging good and evil. Not that your hair is evil, but that you're, you're just... Or for some of you, you say, nice shine. Yeah. Anyway, just had to get those guys in here. Didn't want to leave them out. But, but we do that all the time. We're, you walk down the street and, and you're like, did that person look in the mirror before they left the house? I mean, we judge all the time. So, I don't, so it's not that kind of thing. Yes, I mean, who cares if, that, if we think that that person doesn't look like they dressed appropriately? It's not up to us. But, but it's more about people like us, people who follow Jesus. We are called to allow God to be God and to do the things that God calls us to do. And so forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. Now this is where, this is one where um, if, you, if, you've, if you've heard of this thing called the prosperity gospel, this is where they get a ton of their stuff. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For the measure you give will be the measure you get back. And so a lot of, a lot of the prosperity gospel preachers say this. Well, if you, if you just, you just, you send a hundred bucks to our ministry, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna get that back. You're gonna get that back tenfold. It's gonna come back because it's, because God said it's gonna be running, flowing over all this, all, all this sort of thing. If you just, you just give to, give to our thing. And then if you, if you make it so that I can have two Lamborghinis, you're gonna get one too. I mean, I've heard this kind of preaching, okay? So, and I'm not, I'm not, and I'm not really big in favor of it. Because, because I think it's manipulative, and I don't think it's biblical in the right way. What I believe is that God is giving us that fullest measure already. And when we give, when we are generous, we are, we are simply giving out of the generosity that God is already giving us, and that is a generosity that overflows and that just continues to flow from God forever. And so when we are generous, when we are forgiving and we are, we are being forgiven, it is because God has already done those things. Again, this is not a quid pro quo. This is, it's already there. It is a moving into a trusting of God that is beyond anything that a lot of us can even wrap our minds around. And so people like us do things like this. We trust in the God that Jesus has shown us, which is a God who has said, I know you. I love you. And I want good for you. So trust in me, love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you, be generous and forgiving because I am generous and forgiving. This is what we do. Amen.